Hello and welcome back to another episode of Three Point Play. Today I'm joined by Adarsh, first time on that show. You want to say what's up? What's up, guys? What's up? Happy to be on here. Uh, and then uh, the usual, Ayush, he's back. What's going on, guys? So we're recording this right after the Warriors-Nuggets game five. Uh, Nuggets just got eliminated. And <sighs> any thoughts? Like, what, what we see in the game today? Well, I didn't catch most of the game, but all I have to say is Jokic is a beast. And I don't know, should we talk about the rebuilding going forward or should we just talk about kind of what, what happened today? I mean, I think that's a quick overview of what, of what happened. I mean, like, I think I think obviously the, the Warriors are running that like quote unquote death lineup that was talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Curry Poole, Curry Poole, Clay Wiggins, and Dre. And going yeah. against like a beast of a center of like Jokic, the MVP this year. Obviously, he's gonna have his moments, uh, but the Warriors yeah. clutched it out. But I think it's really interesting to look at the Nuggets' future and what they're looking at next year and the, the years following. Because I mean, if you think about this team, just last year, right after the, the trade deadline, they were seen as a straight contender. They had Jokic, they had Murray, they had Aaron Gordon, they had Michael Porter Jr. They had supporting cast players. They're all playing so well, and then mm-hmm. now it just looks so gloomy. I mean, obviously, Jokic is going to get zero recognition going forward by any of the NBA voters because of, player, uh, because of voter fatigue. I mean, Giannis, yeah. had this, Giannis had the same shit. After Giannis won his second MVP and before he won the championship, the voters were just like, flat out against this man. They're like, we're not giving him any props until he proves it in the playoffs. I feel like Jokic is going to get the same treatment. Mm-hmm. But looking at the contracts, Jamal Murray, thirty-two million next year. Michael Porter, thirty million next year. Jokic, thirty-three million next year. Aaron Gordon, twenty million next year. This team is like to the brim with wow. cap, and these and these are one, two-year contracts. Michael Porter is through twenty-six. Where you think through 2025, Michael Porter Jr. is making thirty-seven million dollars. Aaron Gordon is making twenty-three million dollars in 2025, 2026. Like Aaron Gordon, this guy just. I mean, he runs and dunks and plays a bit of defense. He does. He provides <laughs> yeah. no shooting, provides no shooting, no playmaking. And, I mean, I can get the same thing from a Blake Griffin, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Yeah. What are we – Wait, what so we, how, how long is the – I don't know, I have a quick question, but how long is the Michael Porter Jr. contract? You said 2026? Yep. He's, he signed all the – he signed the full four-year max after his rookie extension. Wow. So, okay. Damn, and this was before the injury, right? Like, yeah, he got injured this season. Yeah, this is last off season where he signed the extension. I see. Okay, okay. What yeah, they think? went into. He really got the full like. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, he I had mean, a back problem. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you're the Nuggets in that position, what else do you do? Do you not pay the man? Yeah, but does it have to be a four year full contract? I mean, he would get this. I mean, some other some broke team would offer him that in a restricted free agency, and he'd have to he'd accept it, and then either match true. it or let him go. So I mean, true, I think true. Nuggets. I mean, I think all these teams who have these really these rookies are balling out. Like like same thing with like yeah. Miles Bridges. This off Miles Bridges is someone's gonna throw him the bag, whether it's Portland, yeah. or Orlando, or mm-hmm. New York. Some team is gonna throw Miles Bridges twenty five million dollars, and the Hornets yeah. are gonna pretty much be forced to match whatever he gets. True, dude, true. There's so many valuable role players like that. Yeah, you're right. Wait, was his rookie season, like, super outstanding? Like, wait, was his rookie season the bubble season? Am I tripping? I think, I think he was or, hurt his rookie. I think he was hurt his rookie year. And yeah, then the bubble year, it was something like that. Yeah, so that's why I was so surprised. Like, he played one season after a year of being injured, and he got signed. He signed the four-year. Like, I, mean, I don't he know. Was, it was surprising. To- 
but he balled I'm, out. He balled out. I remember. In the I remember that that bubble. He was playing really well. They they came back yeah. from back to back three one deficits in the series. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean the Nuggets. A good bubble team. A truly a good bubble team. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I think honestly, I feel like in, even they could have beat the Lakers in that series. I think it was that one Anthony Davis game winner. What was that like? Like game two, game three. You know what I'm talking about where he came off two yeah. screens on, on the left wing and hit that three. I feel mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for that, the Nuggets could have taken that series. Yeah, no, that was a good series. I remember that lay that Jamal Murray had under LeBron. On, on LeBron, he had two. He had one on Rudy like Gobert in the first round. We had that three sixty. Oh. Yeah, 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 I remember. Dude, they Jamal were both going crazy. Dude, and that was such a different team. I mean, they didn't have, like, did they sign Bones Highland? Like, th- their team this year is a little different, right? Um, Bones Highland's a rookie. Okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, so, like, dude, their team this year is completely different without those guys. You know what I mean? So, like, their future. I mean, I yeah, mean you, can't, you can't expect to win games with your, like, guard rotation being – Austin Rivers, Bones Highland, and Facundo Campazzo. Yeah. Like, like yeah, they're not guarding. Right. Like, they're not guarding anybody. <laughs> they're not passing. Like, like they do nothing special. They're just there, and they'll shoot thirty five percent. They'll shoot league average from three. They're just place yeah. they're like placeholder players. Yeah. Honestly, was uh Jamal Murray hurt most of the year? Or was he's he hurt? hurt this whole year. He tore yeah, his yeah. ACL last ACL. year. ACL. Yeah. So I think that was definitely a key hit. You know. I mean, obviously they they lost the second best player. I mean, obviously. They, what did he? So, get Jamal Murray back. Does this team look different next year, or what's the outlook? I mean, I don't see him pushing them over. I mean, I think the West is so, like, dude, the Grizzlies are on the rise. The Wolves are on the rise. I feel like these teams are just going to get more and more competitive next year. The Suns are yeah. still going to be good. D-Book, Aiton, yeah. Mikel Bridges. Like, even if Chris Paul regresses, like, Mikel Bridges, D-Book, these guys are taking the next steps. Like, the West is exactly, just – there's just so much talent in today's NBA. Like, even if you have, like, in general, an MVP – if you have an MVP like Cowboy player in Jokic, that's nowhere even enough, you know. Yeah, exactly. Have we seen the return Wait, of, the, so... of the Warriors, at least in this playoffs? The Warriors, you know, what do we see? What is their prediction? You know, I want to hear what you guys think. If we roll back the time, you know, clock to 2015, when when we know how incredibly raw this team was, all those final runs. I feel like those players are still here. I mean, we got Jordan Poole breaking out, but. Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Is that the move? <clears throat> I mean, I, I think yeah. BJ can speak on this better than me. I, I don't watch Warriors games like that. But, dude, they're they're a completely different team than 2015. I mean, they have those same yeah. pieces, including Iguodala, right? Yeah, but, I mean, obviously the change. Dude, they're so good at developing their players. Like, Dude, yeah, dude, their, their, their development is ridiculous. Even just one insane. year of, like, of like John Kaminga. Like, I was, watching, I was watching the game today, and he just, like, I feel like Draymond Green is so underappreciated. He just knows how to make yeah. those like those like those like those like slips and those back cuts. Like like, bro, yep. if Curry's coming if Curry's coming across the screen, there's obviously so much attention. There'll be two guys, maybe three guys jumping jumping out on the screen on that, and then some guy just rolls by. Yeah, I feel like Otto Porter was, yeah, was a great pickup. Nemanja Bjelica, great pickup. Jonathan Kaminga's yep. been great. I feel like Jonathan Kaminga could run the the Draymond role. Like you know, oh like, yeah, guys, for sure. Like these guys, they're just really good at developing. And like Gary Payton's mm-hmm. gonna, I, I think I have him on my all defensive team, my all defensive second team. Yeah, he's, I was gonna say it's guarding the best players in the league right now. Like, like the, the team Warriors is just so just deep. Somehow, they're just gifted. Like they draft. I don't know what it is. Is it? Do, do, do you think they're they're drafting the right players or they're just developing them? I think they're developing these guys because like I, 
they're not super think, standout coming out of college or like mm-hmm. I think Bob Myers I think Bob Myers deserves a lot of the praise. Jordan Poole's pick was what, like the the, the 29th pick? He was the, he was in the G League yeah, last out of year. Michigan. He was yeah, he was dude. in the G League last year. Jordan Poole was yeah, like he's been he's been like unbelievable. I think he got snubbed for, for most improved. Do you think Desmond Bain should have got it? Yo, John ended up getting it, right? Um, I don't know how I feel about that, dude. Like, because he is an all-star, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, think, yeah. damn, I think Poole should have gotten it low-key. But um, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not mad that job. I mean, my take on it. it, my take on it is, by definition, the most improved player, I think, is that's Desmond Bain. But uh, if you look at, like, the history yeah. of how the award's given out, it's usually given out to someone who was a potential all-star, like, on the brink of, like, the year before, and then they jump into all-stardom, or in this case, he jumps into superstar. Right. So, like, right. if, you look at the, right, right, right. if you look at the history of the award, guys like Paul George who won it, guys like... Uh, Siakam won it, yeah, same Siakam reason. Siakam won the booth. Same, same thing. These guys, yeah. they're, they're on the brink of all-stardom, and then they jump into all-stardom or jump into stardom. Right. So... I yeah. think by the history books, like it's it's John Morant, but my definition, I, I would have gone with this one thing. Yeah, I agree, actually, dude. I've been watching, like I said, I've been watching these Grizzlies, like this whole series, man. Grizzlies versus Wolves, and Bane is just so consistent, dude. Like, not Bane even just is from a dog. Three. Dude, he's a dog, bro. Like, not even just from three. Like, he'll hit the shot when it's open, yeah. But, dude, even on defense, even like, mm-hmm. he makes it, he never, I feel like he always makes the right path. Like, he's just such a good, like, he's not even a role play. I can't even call him a role player anymore, bro. He's so essential for that team. Like, I don't know. They're a completely different team without him. I think Jaw, I don't know. Like, I've always had a little problem with Jaw just because, like, th- there's a stat that came out. It was, like, they're 20 and 2 without him. Like, I, I don't know. I think they're a decent team without John Morant. I know he's, like, a bucket and he's super flashy and stuff. But, like, dude, like, with, I don't know how the Grizzlies got this fit, bro. But, like. Somehow they're I so think, good without this guy. I think it has a lot to do with their team cohesion. I feel like if you see them, they're always like together after the games. They're always throwing up some some type of signs. Always like <laughs> dancing in the locker room. They're always like like they seem like a super fun team. And I think yeah. with this series in the Wolves Grizzly series is that you're seeing a lot of their youth. You're seeing there's like I think uh, they're the third and fourth youngest teams in the NBA. The Wolves and the Grizzlies. Yeah. And you're just seeing how young this team is. Like, on the game-winning play from, from Ja, like, Anthony Edwards, like, he, like, you cannot jump for that steal right there. You can't. You, know, you can't. You know the guy you're guarding, and you know he's, he's amazing going downhill. Ja Morant is yeah. probably the that best downhill. Yep. And that lane will downhill open, player. bro. Of you course he's going to take it. You have to cut him off. You have to force him yeah. towards the towards the three point line. Like that's yeah. that's just the that's a mental breakdown. That is that is him yeah. being super young. Like and also the other play in game four when they were down by four, Anthony Edwards was contesting that shot. Why was he contesting? I don't understand. Yeah. Let him shoot. You're right. Three. I forgot about that. Why? Why was he right, contesting? Right. These guys, they're you're just right, I, and the. Cat's been getting in stupid foul trouble. Jaron Jackson played 17 Jaron Jackson, minutes. dude. 17 yeah. minutes. That's that's that, that is unacceptable. Right that is that is absolutely unacceptable by your yeah. by quote unquote your second best player. That is he was guarding cat the whole game pretty much. Or I remember th- there was a foul that went down. It was just like so unnecessary. Like it was a good call, don't get me wrong, but it's like 
Jaron Jackson is putting his hand up and just leaning in this a little too much. You know what I mean? Just enough to draw the foul. That's just something that comes with like experience, not being able to do that. I'm curious if you guys, if you guys think like the 2019 NBA draft should have been John Morant number one instead of Zion. What do you guys? What's your guys' take on that? I mean, I don't know, dog. I, at that time, I would, I would have gone Zion, but I, is that like relevant? I'm just curious, like with John Morant and how he's playing. If you had to do a redraft, what would you do? Nah. I'm going Zion. Zion averaged 28 points on 70% efficiency. That is ridiculous. But, yeah. Zion's efficiency in the paint oh, is insane. Dude, honestly, it's a toss-up, dude. They're both great players. Like, I mean, obviously, Jaws an all-star yeah. and has proven that. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. With stuff like that, like, dude, really, Josh, like, top Kyle. three, like, it's it really can – I don't know. A lot of these drafts, it can be whoever, bro. It's just what the team needs at the time. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So going back to this Grizzlies World Series, these guys, I mean, I, I don't really see them putting up a fight against the Warriors next round. I really see the Warriors taking care of them, showing off their their like their their veteranship or showing how much more mature they are and the fact that they've been yeah. here. But yeah. I just, I am so disappointed for uh for uh, the with Jaren Jackson, Jaren Jackson. Oh, with Jaren Jackson. Yeah, dude. I don't know it was 17 minutes, but yeah, I just remember you got I, I saw it said fouled out. I was so confused. I was like, oh my god. And even the game before he was in foul trouble. I think the whole series has been in foul trouble. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's at the same issue. Like, I think he's averaging like over five thousand a game in the series. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy to think about. That's and crazy. the part and, and, and the part that makes the, the part that makes me so mad is that these guys will obviously foul. Like like there's cameras everywhere. There's point that people understand. Like everybody saw you foul him. Why are you complaining to the yeah, rest? Yeah, like, like, I think it was like foul number five. There might have been foul number six on cat. And like, dude, like he's even the announcer was saying like he's right there his hand is right there but he just leaning in just a bit too much obviously the ref's gonna call it because it is a foul and then he goes on to complain about it it's just like dude that, that that's just something that comes with maturity as i was saying it's ruining the game i think it is i mean luca does the same shit luca does the exact same thing he'll obviously foul someone and then put his hands up act like he's never touched him or he's never committed a foul in his life before you think it's ruined the game? I don't know. I don't know if it's ruined the game. I just feel like because well, it doesn't change the refs' outcome. Like they might get teed up, but like it doesn't change the play of the game, right? Like the ref will call it whatever he wants. I don't know. I just feel like it's useless. I feel like it's. I feel like it's negative. It's 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 it's, it's a negative to the game. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. No, I, I can see, I can see that. All right. All right. Wait, um, what else should we talk about? Like, what other game? Oh, the. the Dan, have you all been watching the Bulls? Oh yeah, we can we can talk about how the Bulls went out sad. Uh, yeah. Man, that's oh. uh, Zach Levine. Was, yeah, I've been Zach watching. Levine didn't play today, right? Yeah, Nia Caruso. So Zach Levine was on COVID protocol, um, on COVID safety protocol. I think Caruso had a concussion from something. I'm not sure what, um, yeah. <clears throat> but something from uh, Game Four. And um, yeah, dude, like, I mean, this series is exciting. Game One, if you guys watched, I don't know if y'all did, but Game One was really exciting. Uh, Bulls had a lead for for a bit, but I mean, in the end, um, the Bucks won, and uh, it was close. It was a good fight. Game two, Demar had forty one, great game. I mean, that at Milwaukee too, like we got away with the dub. Had a the, good like. Yeah, was that the game where they like the Bulls posted on Twitter like 
we got to go through Chicago now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. And then what, look at what happened uh, in Chicago: two blowouts <laughs> in a row, <laughs> 25, 30 points. Back in Milwaukee today, same thing, dude. I mean, <clears throat> what do you guys think about the Bulls, man? I, I, no. I'm, I'm curious to hear because, like, I was gonna say, I'm like, a Bulls fan. So, like, watching this season, like, starting off so well and just declining and declining as thought, injuries go on and stuff, you know what I mean? So, I was gonna I this observation. Wow. Like, teams who, like, say we got to go through our house are 0 2 in the or after those games. You saw Anthony Edwards <laughs> say it too. We saw the Bulls say it, so don't say that we got to go through my house, bro. Don't matter. Uh, yeah. Not, bro. Uh, yeah, but the Bulls won a game at home. But, uh, Adarsh, yeah, talking your point to the Bulls, I think – I mean, obviously, you guys have to play uh, – pay Zach Levine this offseason, and you have no choice. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. going to get a max. He's gonna, I mean, like, I these teams are in a bad situation where he's going to get paid no matter <laughs> what. And yeah. I just don't, I just don't see how you improve your team to be a contender in, in the East next, between now and next year. Mm. I mean, Demar Derozan, do you expect him to be the same? Do you see, like, like Zach Levine? I don't know how much better of a player he can get. Like, I think Zach Levine is great. Yeah. But how much, how much better is he really, is he really going to get? Like, there's not yeah. that many players developing for the Bulls besides like Patrick Williams. I see what you're saying. Um... But I don't know, dude. I think the two problems that I see when I look at the Bulls is their center is the biggest thing for me. Like, Vooch is good. Don't get me wrong. He'll hit the open three. He'll play good off the screen. He can post up. Like, he was posting up Giannis. But, like, in the, in the long game, dude, like, if you're watching these games against top centers, I'm talking, like, Jokic and Bede, Giannis. Dude, he'll let them go right by him. Like, he, I'm not, I'm not even saying he's soft, but, like, he's just not big enough, I guess, to, to guard these top centers, like, I feel like I we mean, need a Rudy Gobert kind of player or like uh, we need some kind of signing this offseason to offset that. I've heard a lot. Of That's a big Vooch, thing for me. I've heard a lot of Vooch hate from Bulls fans, and I just think he's really underappreciated. I have watched some games in this series, in the Bucks series, where he's carrying yeah. you guys. He's making some no. random jump hook shot over Giannis. Over Giannis, by the way. And on the defensive You're end, right. and on the defensive end, I think – this guy does a fine job. I, yes, he's not Rudy Gobert with the with the he's not the he's not the rim protector that Rudy Gobert is or that like I don't know like Bam Adebayo is. But yeah, he he played defense for those uh, Frank Vogel teams back in Orlando, and those were some of the best defenses in the whole NBA. Yeah, I don't think it's True. on him the fact that the, that they're playing bad defense. I think they're playing bad team defense. Patrick Williams, it is. He basically he's, he's extension of his rookie year right now is putting being yeah. put on Giannis and then you're switching with Derek yeah. Jones Jr. who's built like Brandon yeah. Ingram, you know they're both like Slender. Yeah. You're not yeah, gonna dude. expect these guys to to get in the in the way of Giannis. So I don't yeah. think I think Vooch is really overhated by the Bulls fans in general and just used as a scapegoat. I think you guys need a Royce O'Neal type of player. Royce O'Neal, yeah, dude. I mean, obviously, obviously not much to know. Maybe a bit bigger, but his type of player build. I see, yeah. But um, I agree. I think I think Vooch did really good in this series. Like, dude, even, like, today's game, he was, like, not carrying us, but he was in there. He was playing a lot better than he was in the regular season. I remember, like, in the regular season even, not even against these top centers, um, like, he wouldn't – I don't know. I don't know if it was a lack of motivation or, like, 
basically he would get hot, uh, he wouldn't get hot and then he would lose a lot of confidence and like in turn would stop shooting and like we need him to make that open three as i was saying before and stuff like that i don't know um but of course yeah he's not that rim protector type like bam or rudy but i feel like that's what we need and not only that the, another thing i think the bulls really need are just shooters bro like more mm-hmm. shooters coming off the bench yeah the um, spacing is dude, if you look at if you look the at these top, top teams, top, bro, yeah. if you look at these top teams, man, I'm telling you, like, Miami, bro, shooters straps, everywhere, straps, bro. Straps everywhere. Great shooters. Bro, I don't know. What was, I think they played the Raptors. It was, a, it was a regular season game, bro. Dude, they didn't miss from three. It was crazy. And it was, like, fun to watch. Like, dude, they got – I don't even – dude, like, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Max Struess, Kyle Lowry. Max Struess, Gabe Struess. Oladipo can shoot, too. Like – Everyone's a shooter, bro. Same thing with the Warriors, obviously. Even I don't even mention the names. And even, even Bam, 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 Even Bam can shoot, you know? And I just think the bull spacing, like Caruso's not a bad super shooter, but sometimes he's like the best shooter out there. If 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 he's yeah. off the floor, DeMar DeRozan is stretching the floor. Derrick Jones Jr. is for sure hell not. It's Kobe White. Probably Kobe White's the best like go-to shooter after, after Levine. Um but like, yeah, you're right, dude. Like, I don't. I'm not trusting Caruso every time to take that shot. I'm not trusting DJ, I'm not, DJJ and, to take that shot. And I don't even like. I don't even like Kobe White like that. I mean, he's like a six-one shooting guard. This man does not facilitate the ball. He's a catch and shoot player. He's. I mean, he can shoot off the dribble a little bit, but he's not a facilitator. He's not a defender. You said, I just think, you said who? You said Kyle Lowry? No, Kobe White. He's like. Oh, he's Kobe like White. A, he's like he's like a six-one shooting guard. You know. I agree. Yeah, dude. He's up. He's not a facilitator. I mean. Defensive liability, Dude. I think personally, but um, I think I think a yeah. lot of the Vooch hate is based off the fact that it was a bad trade. Looking back at it, it was a poor trade. Wendell Carter, you guys could use Wendell Carter right now, and Franz Wagner. Is that what the Magic took? Imagine you guys had too. imagine you guys had Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter instead of Vooch, and imagine the contracts. Oh. The contract. Did, 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 we, well did, did the Bulls draft Wagner? No, or... the Magic did. The Magic did with the Bulls pick they got in the trade. Got you. Okay. Okay. Was- I think. I think. Yeah. And then they have the and they have the Bulls' top eight protected pick in twenty twenty three, and then they got Wendell Carter and those two first round picks. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I've seen the Bulls going forward. I know they have a first round draft pick next year. They got to do something about this shooting situation because, like I said, like dude, not even just like Miami. I mean, who do we leave out of Miami? PJ Tucker, bro. He's nice corner. corner. That man can corner shoot, strap. Bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Miami's got straps. I mean, I, I think the one team that lacks half-court three-point shooting is the Celtics. I mean, watching watching this series, we did have yeah. great performances from Al Horford, Grant Williams, even yeah. I mean, Derek White struggled. Peyton Pritchard played played really, really well yeah. in this series. Yeah. But I don't know how much I trust Peyton Pritchard going forward to be guarded by like by like Jimmy Bam. Like if they, I mean, like yeah. like like next series against Milwaukee, like they're gonna put what Drew. I mean, I assume they'll put Drew Holiday. On like Jalen Brown or Tatum, and then, yeah. and then they'll put like what like I don't know, like Pat Connaughton on the other wing, and then yeah. they'll put and they'll put someone on Marcus Smart. Like I don't trust our half court three point shooting. I just think our defense is that nice. The fact that Gosh. we're getting carried, yeah, yeah, dude. Even the Bucks, like they, they have shooters too, bro. Like I was Grayson Allen low key. Grayson bro. Allen a strap. He's nice. Um, Grayson Allen Connaughton was going off today from three. Um, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday can make it, too. Like, he, he's wet. Like, I don't know. He's not like that, but, but 
he'll make it if it's open. Like basically, I'm saying the Bulls need a player like that, you know, because like Lonzo was. A oh yeah, Lonzo. Guy. Lonzo. Yeah. He was a go-to guy for three point. I don't know. That just tells you something about this team. And um, yeah, dude, I, I don't even know. Wait, so who do the Celtics have going forward? Like, basically, as a three-point, other than Tatum, Brown, Pritchard. I um, mean, Grant Williams had like the sixth highest three-point percentage this year in the NBA. Wow. Grant Williams, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, Grant Williams, he's been shooting really, really well this year. Peyton Pritchard's been shooting above league average, I, I think. Actually, let me just go to basketball reference. Why am I saying I think? Uh, you can look it up. Yeah, but Peyton Pritchard, like, I think Derek White was not shooting that well. But uh, Peyton Pritchard, he shot this year. He shot forty-one percent from three. Peyton Pritchard. I mean, I assume it's on pretty like low volume, but still. I mean, yeah. he shot three, like three and a half a game. He shot forty-one percent from three. Get Williams, I think, was the sixth highest three-point percentage in the NBA. Tatum Brown, obviously. Marcus Smart was shooting a lot better this year. Yeah. Al Holmberg's been shooting well. You yeah. know, I th- and I think the reason that I have us beating Milwaukee is boiled down to the fact that we have a Giannis stopper. We have multiple Giannis stoppers. Yep. You know, remember, back, if, you, if you go back to 2019, the only, like, Embiid stopper, quote-unquote, in the whole East was Al Horford. And then when, and then when, yeah. Al, Horford went to, and then when Al Horford went to Philly, I was like, oh, my God, the only Embiid stopper in the East is now on team as Embiid. So, like, yeah. this team is going to be, like, insane. And and now we have Al Horford back. Rob Williams is just I, – I have my, my all-defensive second team. How many – how many? so he was out, like, game one and two? Like, how many has he played uh, against the yeah. Nets? Yeah, he was out game one and two. He played, I think, like, 15 minutes in game three, and then he played, like, 30 or, like, 25 in game four. So he's back. He's back. Damn, okay, okay. Hell yeah, dude. No, he was such – dude, he, he can stop be honest. I, I have so much confidence in him um, going into this series. I mean, quote-unquote stopping Giannis is 25, 25 and 14. You know, like, that's, like, stop, that, that's like stopping Giannis. Exactly, yeah. It's, like, control. But the fact that they don't have Chris Middleton, it really, like, limits yeah. their, like, limits their shot creating. I think they have very uh, low-quality shot creators. Drew Holiday, as your main shot creator, is not going to take you far in the playoffs. And I think in, in the playoffs, a lot of the basketball – of the offense is based around ISO shock creation. There's not that many there, there's not that many sets that get run. I mean most teams they all yeah. watch film. They all they all know what sets are coming from. Like, every team yeah. watches film. So a lot of it is based on can you isolate yeah against shot? a good defensive team it's yeah it's an isolation thing because against the Bulls right like our perimeter defense is so bad like the bus gets got around that by literally just driving and cutting and hitting these mm-hmm. hitting Robin Lopez in the corner hitting Connaughton on the wing. You know, and they'll make the open three, but against you guys, right? Against the Celtics, like that's not going to be possible. It's not going to be that easy. Like, that's yeah, not going to be possible. That and and I think the emergence of Tatum as a defender. Oh my God, I cannot. Yeah. Stop huge, Tatum, man. dude. Oh Jesus! I've never seen someone block KD like he did, bro. I I was never. just talking about this with Darsh on the on the last episode. He was ISO guarding Kevin Durant, and I think I saw him block his his, his one step pull up jumper. He like three times. He blocked yeah, it. He, he blocked he like I think three times I can remember like distinctively one on one. He just passed him. And Tatum, man, he's been so many loose balls. I think he had like what six steals in that in that game three performance. Wow. He's been just he's been locked in on the on the defensive end. And obviously Jalen Ballon is a great one on one defender. I think he lacks some some team defender skills, 
but I think we're just we're we're just so big and long at pause, but everywhere we're we're just so big and long. It's just like the only one who's not lengthy in our rotation is Peyton Pritchard. But everybody yeah. else, everybody else is just there. You can switch. You can switch anybody. Marcus Smart. I'm fine with, with Marcus Smart. He's literally defensive player of the year. We can switch everything. Give me a sec because my AirPods are side. I gotta change my audio settings real quick. But... My are good. Well, we're done, you know, the NBA portion. We have the NFL draft coming up tomorrow, and that's going to be an exciting, exciting uh, time Yo, to watch. So. Real quick, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you're good, you're good. Okay, we're okay. going to do an NFL draft recap, so if anyone wants to join in for NFL draft. NFL draft, bro, I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 with you, I use. <laughs> I stopped playing fantasy this year, bro. I have no idea. Hey, just, just like, just like I on, just like I on watch as in-depth as y'all do basketball, bro. But no, I I listened yeah, to the podcast. Got, I was really, I was really talking to um BJ about this like right before, dude. Like you and you, Sudarshan and BJ, know your shit, bro. For like bro, for football, I mean, I've been watching. Y'all been watching for a while, right? I mean, I've just been keeping track of all these players, and like draft is like my type of my time of year. I've always yeah, loved yeah. I love like the college oh, yeah. players coming out. So I mean, I know like all the players. It's gonna be pretty interesting. At least because- I heard it's not it's not QB oriented. That's yeah, the much that I know. Yeah, yeah. So like this year, that's the one thing like that people just don't know. Like they they just don't know. And you in past years, like you know which QB is going number one, you know which and who's going number two. I think this year, there's literally so much mystery. So whoever gets picked, it's just gonna be a surprise. Past years, you know, they, they leak they leak the number one overall pick. Like last year, literally the Panthers coach like predicted the top seven picks correctly. Like you oh got a white you got a whiteboard. And Penny said, "All right, so this is what's gonna happen. This is what we think is gonna happen until our pick. Like literally, like six out of those seven picks were like, de- like on the on spot. So yeah. I think it's gonna be really different than than last year's time. So yeah, the quarterbacks this year kind of weak. I mean, that's just what people say. Like every if they're not like you know generational type prospects, but there's definitely some gems in there. You think? I think so. I think so. Wait, I mean, there always is, right? With the NFL, with, with the quarterbacks. See, the players obviously have the talent, the potential, but." And with quarterbacks, more than any other position, depends where you go and what system you mm-hmm. play in. Because, mm-hmm. like, coaching and system and fit and surrounding and supporting cast matters so much in football. You'd be surprised. I mean, if you took out the starting quarterbacks in the NFL and put on, like, the USFL quarterbacks or, like, the XFL quarterbacks or just, like, these random-ass league quarterbacks, right? the product yeah. would be so much worse. Like, the, what drives yeah. football – is the quarterbacks like that's what really drive? If you think about it, like literally, that's the- wait. So are you are you saying that it's driven by quarterbacks? Are you saying that supporting cast matters? I'm saying both. I'm I'm literally saying both. I'm saying supporting cast and, and location matters, and then also like quarterbacks are what makes football exciting. Why do we, we tune in and watch Lamar and Patrick every single week? It's and Josh because we want to know what they're going to do next. And so the quarterback is like the most important position, and I think a lot of it matters on development. So if you take a quarterback, don't have high hopes. If you're a fan, but then also don't be surprised if they go to the right situation and, and ball out. So I think that's what really, really makes it special. At least that if the Panthers draft a quarterback at six, you know, you're going to look like and be like, okay, so last year they passed on Mac Jones. You guys know who Mac Jones is, right? Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Adarsh, you know who? Yeah, Mac- yeah. Um, wait, wait, you got to tell me about Mac Jones. I don't know Justin Fields because he plays on the Bears and I'd be watching the Bears games with my roommates. <laughs> So, um, so when the Panthers when the Panthers were uh, on the board last year at seven, 
they had they so we they knew they needed a quarterback, but they took a corner. So like Justin Fields and Mac Jones was on the board, and like like the the story has been yet to be told with Justin Fields, but like with Mac Jones, we know like even in his first year, like he balled like pro ball like there's no other way to put it. Bro was a baller. So I mean the Panthers might have like a lot of regret because last year the quarterbacks they had you know two in their lap at seven, but they picked the corner who got hurt. And, like, this year we know the quarterback situation is bad. But, like, an interesting fact is, like, the quarterback that a lot of people have going to the Panthers is actually uh, – his name is Kenny Pickett. And the coach of the Panthers, like, was recruiting this man out of high school. This, 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 this coach been trying to get him on the team since high school, bro. Wow. He didn't get him in high school. He didn't get him in college. And, uh, and now he might have got him in the pros. So, I mean, there's just, like, a lot of relationships that, like, like go back and forth with, with, uh, with like, these players. So – if they take a quarterback, they take a quarterback. And it's Who was gonna... thrown for the Panthers this season? So they had Sam Darnold last year, and Sam Darnold um, played. He balled a little bit. He got hurt um, halfway through the year. I want to say – yeah, and they got Cam Newton back. Do you remember that? Remember right, Cam I remember Newton that. Back? Was Cam he Newton done came... with the Panthers? Or... Uh, or... Did they resign? No, I don't know what this contract situation is, but I'm pretty sure they didn't resign him. I'm how was he – How was he, he was on a one-year contract. So uh, the, the, the future of Cam Newton is probably going to be like, a reserve situation like like this year with the Panthers, Sam Darnold got hurt. They needed a quarterback, and he was like an available office. Like I'm thinking the same thing. Like next year, mid season, someone's gonna lose their quarterback due to injury. I mean, nobody wants to see it happen, but like someone always gets hurt. So then there's gonna be an opening. There's gonna be like an opening somewhere, and like they're gonna sign Cam. He's a veteran. He's like a stopgap. No one's gonna sign Cam to be their future. But I think that's what that's what I see for like a lot of players, like Jarvis Landry. Um, who else is unsigned? Like we don't know the situation with Baker, but like a lot of these, like a, like Jarvis Landry, literally, like after the like, no one's gonna go out here and pay Jarvis Landry OBJ right now before the draft. Like that just doesn't happen because let's say you're a team that needs a receiver and you can get one in the draft that's like super mm-hmm. cheap and super good. Like why would you go out and like pay Jarvis Landry before the draft? Like I think it's gonna be one of those things. Like Richard Sherman got signed right. after the draft. Like the draft's gonna happen. Whoever doesn't get the receiver that they want or like a receiver that they need, they're gonna end up picking up one of these veteran receivers. And that's just like the life cycle of the NFL. I think that tomorrow night's like round one. It's going to be a blast. I mean, it's going to be unexpected. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it because it's like one of those you just don't know. Yep. Tomorrow night we can hop on a pod and talk about the first round and any surprises and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but one last thing I want to add before we close the show today is I want to get all of our predictions on the South on the Celtics Buck series, uh, and I want to know what what, what we're thinking. Adarsh, you want to start it off? Repeat that one more time, Bijan. I'm sorry. No, um, I was saying my roommate is not coming. What's up? There you go. You're good. I was going to say, what are your predictions on the Celtics Bucks series? On the Celtics Bucks series, okay, man. Um, okay, so I I watched like pretty much the entirety of the Bulls Bucks. Um, this these these past five games between the Bulls and the Bucks. I think even even after watching that based on what you've told me about the Celtics defense, because I haven't really been watching that series as much or the, the next Celtics series. I think it's going to be Celtics and six. I was going to say that too. It's going to be, be closer than like Celtics and that's way closer. But I also think Celtics in like six or seven. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be. I also, I also have Celtics in six. And here's my main reasoning. The all mm-hmm. of last year, the Bucks when they went on this championship run, they ran the same, the, their, their main rotation lineup was Drew Holiday, and then either Pat Connaughton slash Grayson Allen, and then Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. They're able to play 
two seven footers basically in their forward spots. Yeah. As I in their front court. And they were just bigger than all their than whoever they're going against. DeAndre Aiden couldn't play against both these big. You know, like uh last year they were just bigger than everybody. And the Celtics have been running two bigs this whole year. We've been running Al Hofford at the four, Rob Williams at the five, and we've paid him at the three. We have three big long defenders who can match the buck size. We have Rob Williams, seven footer, athletic. He jumps mm-hmm. out the gym. We have Al Horford, physical, 6'10, 6'11, really long reach. Jason Tatum, who we just saw lock up Kevin Durant. Yep. We have Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. We match them in their size. And yep. because and because of their defensive uh, lack on the perimeter, I really feel like we can play more offensive threats. Like if they have Grayson Allen on defense, I think we're more than happy to bring out Peyton Pritchard. He can play against he can play against Grayson Allen. He can just sit in the corner, guard him on defense. And offensively, yeah. I take that matchup. Peyton Pritchard is a bucket getter. I take him on mm-hmm. Grayson Allen. We can play more of our of our shot creating. We can play a lot more of these guys and run our sets. So because of that, because we match them physically, I really think that we can beat them. We can beat them in six, maybe even in five. Five. I say I say either five or six. I got the number. Five or six. I, I I agree. I agree. Wait, real quick, is Middleton out? Like how how long is he as whole the whole whole season? Right? Confirm. I mean, they're not they're not gonna confirm anything, but there's okay, no okay. indication that he's playing. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, dude. Then who's starting for them? It's, it's, it's Matthews, right? Like Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews or, or Pat Clanton or Grayson Allen. You know, yeah, they can run the end of it. I mean, they have they have they have the same like shorter two guards that, that they can plug and play there. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just don't see the the Bucks winning here and because of that perimeter defense, dude. And like, I mean, dude, this like Tatum is looking so scary, bro. He's looking yeah, man, so. Looking- scary. Yeah, it's looking real scary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the only thing is that some things that I saw is that he's getting a little out of control driving the ball. Not out of mm. control, but he's not like contorting his body on like, on like those zero steps. Giannis is big enough where his steps just move out the way. But like yeah. he, he had a couple of offensive fouls or even a couple of blocking fouls that could have been offensive fouls on him. That it's just he's not really like looking up. He's just putting his head down and driving. And the Bucks defense is made to pack the paint. So it's going to test our half-court three-point shooting ability. And yeah. we need guys like Grant Williams. We need guys like Al Horford. We need guys like Derek White to step up and shoot that pill. So yeah. I think it'll come down to the others on the Celtics. But I do believe that the others on the Celtics are a lot better than the others on the Bucks. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last thoughts that you guys want to say anything before we wrap this up? Real quick, let me just bring up a situation for you, real quick. So, like, um, just just like player position. So, let's say the Bucks. I'm not talking about game one. I'm talking sometime in the series. Who's on the floor? Giannis. Let's just say Bobby Portis because of the size. Brooke Lopez. What are the matchups looking like there? And then like two Wesley Matthews. Is it gonna be Robin Williams, Tatum, and um, whoever you set to third? Horford. Al Horford. Horford. Is that I mean, be the matchup right there. I mean, the Celtics. What their what their defensive philosophy is that they switch everything and they pack Rob Williams in the paint and they force everything mm-hmm. to him. And then he's mm-hmm. he's their rim protector, shot blocker. But right. because they're so versatile on the perimeter, they switch everything. They can they can switch everything on on the Giannis. They can switch from Marcus Smart up to like Grant Williams, who did a phenomenal job. 
Right. Grant Williams did Grant Williams did a phenomenal job on Kevin Durant this past series. I have to really give up to him. Honestly, as a Celtics fan, his rookie year, people were coming. If you look at the like Celtics fans, we wanted him cut. We wanted him off wow. the team, including including me. Grant Williams, we did not like him, and then yeah. he's turned into this amazing shooter. And then he's really giving it his all on the defensive end. I mean, I vividly remember him stripping Kevin Durant at least four or five times, one-on-one situations. This is yep. Kevin Durant. This is yeah, Kevin dude. fucking Durant. Yeah, dude. The best, I, who I think is the best player on the planet. This yeah. is Kevin fucking Durant. And he is stripping him. Like, uh, he is giving it, he's giving his all. So I really yeah. think he's turned into a great role player for us. I agree. So And yeah, I that mean, just starts with, like, the Celtics perimeter, as you said, funneling pretty much funneling this mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Durant into uh, Williams in, in the middle. That, that, that's how the, def- the, the defense is working for him. So, yeah, dude, Celtics and Six, bro. I think it's – I don't I know. Think I it's, like it's be, pretty clear. I think it's, it's going to be a great series. Uh, yeah. But I think that's going to be all today for three-point play. Thank you all for tuning in for another episode. And then we'll catch you all next time. Peace out. Peace.